0: Hi, guys. What's up? It's me, Lori, and welcome back to the It's Me podcast. Before I start the interview today, I actually just wanted to leave a quick note because there are some audio issues with this interview, and I wanted to give you a warning and give you a chance to sort of skip this episode if that is a deal breaker for you. I talked to Marnie, who is a dating coach, or as she likes to put it, a wing girl she has spent her career sort of overcoming her own shyness and teaching those skills to men and um showing them how to approach women in a very effective way and sort of bridging the gap between the genders which is so interesting especially um her being a woman herself and taking on the task of sort of translating for her gender to the opposite gender. I think she has a lot of great interesting insight into just relationships and dating in general she's a very no nonsense kind of person when it comes to you know telling the truth and speaking truth to those issues and she also has just a very interesting sort of daily life and take on relationships. I think you'll really like it so I wanted to post it however it was done over Skype and as you know that can be problematic sometimes we weren't able to sort of get all the technology working to make it up to the standard of quality that I like to provide. So just a little warning ahead of time, feel free to skip this episode and wait for the next one, which will be uh, hopefully back to the regular quality that you're used to. But if you do decide to listen, I look forward to hearing your feedback. And so without further ado, here we go. What's up guys, it's me Lori, and today I've got a really exciting guest, Marnie, who is an author and a dating coach, who has a YouTube channel as well and a podcast, which you guys should check out. But um, I brought her here so that you can sort of get an idea of what it is like to be a dating coach and all of those sorts of interesting things. So Marnie, um would you maybe mind starting out with just explaining what your daily life is like as a dating coach and what that entails?
1: Oh my God, you're gonna find out that I'm so boring. Uh- <laughs> My daily life is is pretty amazing. I wake up, I have my coffee, my breakfast, um, and then I go to my computer and I answer emails from hundreds of men from all around the world who are asking questions about how to understand women. So I'm not exactly a dating coach. I don't really refer to myself that way, although people do, Um, but I'm a wing girl. It's a phrase that I I coined um, over... Decade ago, which makes me really freaking old. Uh, but yeah, I'm a wing girl, so I help men understand women so they can attract, date, seduce, get, and keep the women they want without being a douchebag.
0: Okay, okay. You do most of this by email. You said most of it's by email. I used to do and and by
1: by phone coaching, um, and I sell programs online, and I have a blog, and I have a podcast. So there's a lot of ways that I'm getting my information. Out there to individuals, whether they want to pay for it or they want it for free, or they just, you know,
0: uh, peruse the
1: site, they're they're more than welcome to do so.
0: So I'm gonna ask you to um, maybe answer a question that you don't get too often because a lot of your clients are men. But what do you think are the things that women often misunderstand about men?
1: Oh my God, everything,
0: (laughs) (laughs) because they think that men are women. So it's
1: funny. So I actually created a program for women about years ago that's called that's not how men work <laughs> and the reason that i created that program was because i have been working with men for the past 12 years and I, it, it was through osmosis that all this information was going into me and affecting my relationships with men but um slowly over time from hearing from all of my clients from hearing their insecurities their uh their questions their frustrations like all these things that i didn't think men were so confused about I started advising my female friends differently. the the, the main things are um, that I've learned is that men are single focused. Um, men have a strong desire to be understood as well, and to be liked and loved and appreciated for who they are at the core. I mm-hmm. didn't know that about yeah. a man. At all. Um, men are insecure. Men fear rejection. Uh, when when. You are silent and you say that nothing is wrong with you. Men take your word for face value and believe. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, men are afraid to make you unhappy and they're afraid to walk. that they're walking on eggshells all the time and they're afraid to blow up the mind. Um, men, again, because they're single focused, that if they feel like they've got you, they're going to focus on other areas and not be able to put so much into you because they feel like you are solid at that time. They can't mm-hmm. multi. Same way that we do mm-hmm. so there's a lot of
0: things a lot of misconceptions do you think that there are a lot of sort of misconnections between people that could easily be great couples but they're just not communicating well in that first sort yeah. of stage
1: oh my god and i get to advise <laughs> those people every single day where i help them cut out the fluff and the bs in their communication and i help them be direct and clear about what their intentions are so a lot of the time men and women do this more so women they'll they'll say something to a man but it's not really what they want to say or they'll give in to something that he said or what they think that he wants hoping that secretly underneath he's going to act differently because he'll somehow know exactly what she wants in fact if she just said you know what i really want to go see this movie (laughs) like a simple statement like that and he could say okay i i want to do that too or no i don't want to do that i want to do something else um clear, cut out, cutting out the fluff communication is always going to get people better results whether they're a man or a woman. And I think because people are so afraid um, and it hurts your pride and your ego and it's uncomfortable to really be vulnerable, um, what we, we tend to do is we put out muffled communication to another person that could potentially be really important to us, right. uh, that either frustrates them or angers them or um, confuses them like crazy mm-hmm. and then we don't get what we want. So my saying for both men and for women is the only way to get what you want is by asking for it. So figure out what you want and then ask for it in a kind, authentic way mm-hmm. and then take whatever response that you get back mm-hmm. and that that's open communication. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. You so yes, long answer for that question but absolutely. There's right. a lot of
0: Well, I mean, it kind of goes to what I actually really like about a lot of the advice that you give um, in your book and on your videos which it seems like the core of it is to really have people get to know themselves and be comfortable with themselves and then also really understand what it is that they want because I think not just men but a lot of women sort of go out there wanting to be in relationships and just wanting to date and wanting to get positive feedback from everybody they approach but it's just not really you know it's not not statistically
1: possible yeah like it's not looking at the important things and obviously at different stages of our lives we have different things that are important to us and like you don't always have to like sit for hours and figure out what exactly do I want but I, I think it's nice to get a clear understanding because, okay, so let's say you were um, like a hunter, right? Mm-hmm. And if you just went out into the jungle and had your gun and didn't know what you were going after and didn't know like how other animals work and what their sleeping patterns are and you just went in really loosely, most likely you would get killed. you get killed <laughs> yeah. by someone. I don't even know but like uh-huh. the point is is that if if on the other hand you go on in with a with a, a a clear plan and a a clear vision of what it is you want to do you have a plan of attack you prepare yourself correctly you're armed with the right tools mm-hmm. and weapons or whatever it is that you need you know how the people that you're hunting after how they act in their day-to-day lives and mm-hmm. you go in and it, it becomes easier and it's much more seamless and it's not as stressful and frustrating it actually becomes enjoyable and fun and so that's what I'm trying to help people do in their own dating lives is just like become better at hunting yeah and just be clear on what they want it's not to be really specific but it can be like you know what I'm looking to have a fun night tonight and you know potentially I I could enjoy it by having a great conversation with a girl, that's a good intention to have. And by putting that into your head and of like this big pressure, of, I want to, I want to approach like four different girls and I want to get laid by a in the night. Like, it's just, it's it, it's just that it's more narrow, it's more specific, and it's right. it's more complicated and it helps you get what it is that you want and maintain a much more calm composure.
0: I think it can also make people forget that they're dealing with individuals, right? I mean, women are out there, or men and men are out there, and you want. To have some sex some success in your dating life but you know they're people so at the end of the day you may not even like this hot girl that you see across the room or this hot guy that you know passes by you or something i mean they're just people that you should get to know and you may find that you hate them right exactly but then a lot of people what they end up doing is they fixate on these attractive people
1: Mm -hmm. building stories about how wonderful they are they Mm -hmm. don't actually end up ever approaching and then they kick themselves afterwards because they miss the opportunity and potentially, you know, sleeping with that girl or meeting their future wife or whatever pressure it is that they're putting onto themselves and they come away with this perception that everybody is so grand and better and they're like, it it just ends up
0: kind of kicking you in
1: the ass. It doesn't, it doesn't benefit you in any way.
0: Did you see by the way I wonder what you think about this there was an article like a little while back that made that like went pretty viral about some tests that they did where they sat a woman and a man uh, uh, like who didn't like each other um like together and had them ask a series of questions staring into each other's eyes and they (laughs) fell in love um I thought that was funny because not because I didn't believe that it made these people feel things but it's kind of like these questions are common sense it's like have we gone that far in our society where we're approaching people and not even bothering to to like really truly get to know them, and then to the point where like when we do finally ask those questions of someone, we feel like extremely close. You know what I mean?
1: No, I hear what you're saying. I, I actually I I saw there was the woman who her article was in the Huffington Post or something. I totally forget what it was, but she had seen the New York Times article about. Um. 36 questions to I love you. Mm-hmm. And then so she's like, I'm just gonna try this by myself. I'm not gonna do it in the lab, I'm gonna do it with this guy that I kind of know, and we're just gonna do it at a bar, see if it works. Like, she was totally hoping that it would fail, and it ended up that she ended up falling in love with this guy <laughs> who she never saw as a viable option for her before. And then I saw her TED Talk, and she was was talking about that whole process. She happens to still be in a relationship with him, then she was talking about like what happens after I love you about the process of actually being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So go back and answer your question. Um, I don't think that we're so we're so far removed. I don't think that many people were asking these questions of each other before. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these questions are extremely vulnerable and people don't get to that place quite often on their first few days, either because they don't want to and it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. or because they're told not to. Like you're not, you're, one of the questions was um, like, like, how do you think you're going to die? Like, if you if you didn't have that set list of questions, and some guy asked you that on a date, right, right. Like, I, I, to be honest, I kind of would be intrigued by that question. But I'm telling you that I think most women would be like, um, "That's a weird question. <laughs> who are you asking me how I'm going to die? That's gross." Like, I'm sure there's lots of women who would be turned off by it. But if they're like, "I'm doing the 36 questions," they're totally responsive to that type of question. So I don't I don't think that we're um, removed and we're not like you know asking the right questions on dates i think that a lot of us focus in the beginning on the excitement and the having fun i think as we get older and maybe as we go through a few different relationships a lot more people do have questions that are a little bit more vulnerable and a little bit more real during their dating process, but definitely not those 36 questions. I think they're <laughs> fantastic questions, and if you can mix in some of those questions on your dates, I actually just did a video on YouTube about questions to ask on dates, and a couple of those questions were in that list, because I think that they're interesting ways for you to get to evaluate the person that's in front of you, mm-hmm. because you don't really like how that person thinks and how the brain works and their view of the world. Mm-hmm. You can quickly really see that. And I, I think a lot of women and men forget, especially men, I will say this, they they forget that they can also be a selector. They forget that they're on the date too to decide whether or not they want to further invest in this person. I think a lot of guys are like, great, I got her. She's attracted to me, so how, now how do I make her continuously happy? What conversation do I bring up that she'll enjoy? Which is a very nice attitude, but a lot of the times it doesn't really benefit. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: And it doesn't
1: really benefit the whole interaction overall because there's so much focus on pleasing this woman that you don't really know, as opposed to just enjoying the two of you and getting to know each other. Right.
0: Um, I actually read your book, and uh, I thought it was really Did? interesting. Yeah. I think that all of the topics that you bring up are super interesting, and even though it's geared toward men, I think a lot of women don't even really know what they want sometimes. So it's helpful to sort of hear it broken down. But um, I, I thought it was interesting that you say you started out as a very like shy person, and like you know you sort of turned that around. I really, I I wouldn't even believe that watching your videos and stuff.
1: Well, oh, people, people say that to me all the time. At the core, I'm still a very shy, uncomfortable person. I just have a huge tool belt of tools that helps build my confidence and helps me interact much better in social situations. And that, that took a lot of time. And a lot of my programs that are based in you know improving your confidence and really taking ownership of who you are are based in things that I myself have done for myself. Even though I'm speaking mainly to male clients, I can still understand. What am, approach anxiety feels like, or what it feels like to think that somebody is better than you, or that you have to please somebody or impress somebody else. So, right. I, I can totally understand that position, speak to it for anybody, male right. or female.
0: I see. So, and then how did, how did you realize that that was your passion, though? Like, I, I don't really know, to
1: be honest, how <laughs> I realized it. I think I'm still trying to figure out whether it's my passion or not. It's just something that I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to. I swear, I was watching, um, I don't know if you watch it on Netflix, but Bloodline. Did oh, you watch no, that?
0: No, I don't watch that. Okay.
1: It's it's this show, I'm not gonna give away the, the story, but it's this, this one brother in a family of four siblings, and he's kind of been disowned by this family. And he is the underdog and he's super shady, right? Like he's 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 a bad person. They paint him as a bad person. But me sitting there and watching, all I'm thinking of is what happened to this guy? Like, I can see his pain and where all of those bad actions are coming from. And and that my point is that I've always looked at people that way, that they're not bad people or they're doing horrible things because they have ill intentions. Mm-hmm. There's something else that's going on that needs to be fixed because I can understand that. I used to do not shady things like wanting to kill my siblings or anything. <laughs> I, I used to do a lot of things that stemmed from my insecurities. Mm-hmm. And so I can understand how other people could do that as well. And because I've always looked at other individuals that way and I've always kind of cheered for the underdog, whether the underdog is a you know, super hot girl or like a really rich man, whatever it is, those insecurities exist in everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that has always been my passion, about helping people really live up to the potential of
0: who they want to be. And that's something that I continuously strive for within myself. Okay, and do you think you needed um, any sort of special educational background to do that or maybe entrepreneurial background?
1: No, I mean, I, I have a degree in psychology, okay. Um, but I will tell you that I, I think my life experience, my interactions, the way that I uh ask questions of other individuals has been a far better education for what I do now, mm-hmm. um, than my schooling was. But maybe I'm blind to it, maybe my, my schooling did help out a lot more. But I would say that all of my social interactions and the thought process that I was going through and experiencing, mm-hmm. that's what really helped me. Okay. Yeah. okay. Trust me, I, I could do very well with a whole bunch of business courses. I'm sure they could help me improve whatever I'm doing by a lot. Uh-huh. i just I'm really taken them. I've, I've always found um, I, I like mentorship programs. I'm a part of several masterminds mm-hmm. where I talk to other individuals and hear their experiences. That's always helped me learn a lot better than reading books or taking classes.
0: Oh, I guess that's true. I mean, you're learning from other people and their real experiences and and probably sharing your own. I, I guess, what are what are these classes? Are they like meetings and you talk to other entrepreneurs? or?
1: Yeah. So, so a couple of the masterminds that I'm in are with people that are in similar niches to me. So uh, internet marketing and then dating. So we all do the same thing. We all have the same experiences. We're all going after similar audiences and we all happen to Share our resources because we're all independently doing it, mm-hmm. um, and we have we have a online resource where we can all just ask questions and ask for resources. It's wonderful. Most of the people I've never met before in person, but I have like close relationships with them where I've talked to them on Skype and email with them, um, and then typically once a year we meet in person or whoever can come, and we just have like a three day mastermind where mm-hmm. there's a specific topic and we talk and share, and we show split tests, and how we're optimizing what we're doing, and how we're getting more traffic, like we, we really, it's interesting, it's like you would never have Pepsi and Coca-Cola going and having a meeting together, saying like, this is what we're doing, maybe right. you guys should do something, like, but in in my world, that is exactly what we do. People will say, this is what I did, it made me this amount of money, and this is what you should do as well, for what you're doing, and it's a, a collaborative, amazing, space that I've been able to become a part of. Um, and that's been really helpful. I'm also part of other masterminds where people are not in the same industry as me. And so I can hear other people who are in real estate or in fashion and just like hear certain challenges that they're going through, what they've done to overcome them, and then I can possibly apply what I'm learning from them to my business. So it's, it's really interesting. That That's how I learned the best, and I learned that a very long time ago. Uh-huh. Um, I used to try to learn the way that other people did, and I would force myself to read a lot of books, and I would just get mad at myself because I couldn't absorb the information the same way. And it would distract me, I would beat myself up about it, and I would start fixating on all these other things that I didn't really enjoy doing, um, and that I wasn't very good at, and that took away from my business and my my coaching, Mm -hmm. because it's down on myself. And as soon as I sort of said, yeah, I don't have to do it the same way as other people, that's been my business, my coaching, uh, my own social world really started to thrive.
0: I think even as a woman in your industry, you're sort of forging your own path, right? Because you, you, you're in this sort of community of like, what do they call it, pickup artists? Yeah. And it's a lot right, of that is male.
1: Yeah, oh, all of it's pretty much male, <laughs> especially when I started. I was the only woman. To be in that world, that was running her own company. So yes, I was the only woman in the very beginning. Now there's a whole bunch of other women who are doing it. Um, but yeah, it was it was very interesting. And I will say, it's still like a boys' club. There's you know, it's like most other industries. There there's still the boys. And but I hang out with the boys, and I'm I'm fine with it being about the boys. I don't need to you know go drinking with them until 4 a.m. Right. To make connection. <laughs> We we can make our connections in our own ways and we can still support each other. I'm doing just as well as many other people in my industry, so um, I think that that's the more important thing to other individuals, not your gender. Uh, Whether or not you're, you're doing well and you have something important and right to say. And I think that as a woman who's advising men and I think giving pretty kick-ass information out. um, I think I earned the respect of a lot of men very quickly because I'm not giving typical female advice to men. I'm giving like hardcore, honest opinions and advice to men that's not based on a skewed female perspective.
0: I'm sure a lot of people are curious, how did your husband approach you initially? I approached him, but I just started
1: talking to him. We we were at... um, I I had dated two of his friends, and I had only seen him in passing. But so the second friend that I had gone on a couple of dates with, where it did not work out between us, he kept inviting me around to things. And, cause I had some cute friends, he had cute friends, He's like, why don't you bring your, you know, single cute friends down to the beach? They used to have these uh, Sunday beach volleyball days. And he said, come, have margaritas, have fun, hang out with my friends. So he we went down, and I just, I just started talking to, my now husband, and I really was not attracted to him. We had a really good conversation, we had a nice connection. Um, conversation was very comfortable, but I didn't feel anything for him. He mm-hmm. wasn't really bantering with me or teasing me. Like, it was just conversation, that was mm-hmm. kind of thing And I saw him out a couple more times afterwards, and I think like, at the third time that I saw him, I was at this bar that was near where I lived, and he showed up, and he, you know, this is gonna sound strange, but he was wearing a sweater and glasses, I don't know why, something, <laughs> But he was sitting in his chair a certain way that just made him look really sexy. And I didn't notice that he was attractive before. And I leaned over to my girlfriend. and I said, is this guy attractive? I can't tell. And she rolled her eyes and said, oh, my God, you're an idiot. Of course, yes, he's very attractive. <laughs> hey, that's interesting. Uh-huh. And then he just started talking to me differently. He was teasing me. He kind of made fun of me a little bit in, like, a joking way. Uh-huh. He sitting back with I don't know his whole demeanor was very different he was like giving the vibes (laughs) yeah and so at the end of that night I had to leave I forget where I had to go but I asked him for his phone number and then he called me and he asked me if I wanted to go to the farmer's market for the following Sunday and then I was busy and I couldn't go but I thought that was a good date idea really cool Mm -hmm. and I ended up saying "Um, do you have HBO because I I was like 24 when I met him uh-huh. and had no money and couldn't afford HBO and I had never seen the show Entourage but I kept hearing about Entourage. Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, I do. I said, oh well, can I can I come watch Entourage at your house? <laughs> so, when well, we ended up that was our first date. We ended up watching Entourage and I got there and I liked how he set up his whole house too. Like he he had candles lit but it wasn't like like I'm gonna sleep with you mm-hmm. type of candle lighting. It was like, I just like having candles lit in my house because uh-huh. that's kind of cool. And he made me some snacks and he poured me some wine and we had really good conversation and we watched Entourage. Anyway, longer answer than what you wanted. Um, but I, 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 li- I liked the whole process of how he did everything. And he mm-hmm. did it very comfortably. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like he was trying to impress me. It just felt like he was inviting me into his world. And as we continue dating more, and he would do things like open the car door for me, which I had never had done before. Mm-hmm. I, I found myself liking him more and more because it was—it didn't feel forced what he was doing. Right. It wasn't—I'm opening the door because I know I'm supposed to open the door for you. It's like I like opening the door, and you're gonna let me open your door for you. Right? And I like felt masculine and strong and like like right. a leader, like somebody who was just taking ownership of who he was and didn't really—not that he didn't care what I thought, mm-hmm. but he didn't care if I liked it or not, because he knew that he would find somebody else who did.
0: That's true. Yeah, I think confidence is probably like the sexiest thing that a Absolutely. man can... Yeah, and if your confidence is in, I don't open doors for girls, that,
1: that's confidence as well. Mm-hmm. Confidence is tied to like, gentlemanly behavior. It's, it's tied into your beliefs about who you are and being proud of
0: it. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the channel for both of these of videos. It's been so great. Yeah, of course. And definitely people who are watching
1: um, can find out more information. Go to winggirlmethod.com or you can check out my podcast, The Ask Women Podcast on iTunes.
0: Awesome. And I will leave all the links down below for you guys. Oh, awesome.
1: Okay,
0: cool. <laughs> okay. You're going to be
1: on my videos as well. So tell yes. me full time to
0: Definitely go watch our- um, check out the link for the podcast, right? That's what we're going to be on. And you will hear Marnie and my next conversation also. (laughs) All right, take care, guys. Bye.